Well, hello, sweet rag hags, and welcome to season eight of Romance at a Glance. We are covering fantasy romance all season long. I am your host, Bridget. With me is my co-host, Shawnee. Hi, Shawnee. Hey, Bridge. How you doing, girl? And also with us is our producer, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi. I'm in a heat death box with no fan and no air conditioner. So very excited for today's episode. Yeah. Jane and Shawnee are very shiny right now. They're glistening like goddesses. (laughs) I actually am. Let me tell you, this forehead sweat. (laughs) I could bottle it. I could bottle it. The light is really (laughs) blinging right off of your guys' skin. Off my Um, five-finger forehead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to talk about Winter King by C.L. Wilson. This is the first book of our fantasy season. And guys, this was a whopping 608 pages. So compared to last season, it was quite a bit longer. About almost like, I would say double or triple most of the books last season. Yep, yep. How did you fare, Shawnee, with the extra audio time? So I I started early because I was like, this is 25 (laughs) hours of audio. (laughs) <laughs> and then because there was so much world building, I couldn't listen to it at my normal like 3x if I wanted to really like ingest what was happening. So I, I did listen slower. So it took me days. Yeah. Um, but it worked out because if I, I can listen to audiobooks and clean really well. So I just did that. Oh, nice. um, but yeah, it was it was definitely um, interesting. And I have been making a point not to talk about this book at all until we hit record because Bridget was she was trying to say some things I said ah uh-uh. wait till this <laughs> she, sh- she shushed me and you know what I needed to be shushed sometimes I uh, sometimes I talk too much as you guys maybe have noticed all right well before we get into it Shani welcome our new patron to the fam ooh I'm very excited because we have Summer L as our new patron on Patreon welcome to the Rag Hag family um, it is it is a great place to be. Uh, things are about to get really popping, and we're excited to have you. Yes, and if you guys want to join the Romance at a Glance Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance. Remember that we are explicitly awesome, which means that you have to type it into the URL or click the link in the show notes app of your choice to get to our page. we got all kinds of perks, all kinds of fun, lots of behind the scenes, lots of extra reviews, and all sorts of goodness. So come and be yes. part of the group. And we have a few Patreon changes coming, a few goody things happening. So look out for that. That is coming your way. Yes. Okay, today... I think I'm ready to get this shit poppin'. What do you guys think? Bridge, let's get it poppin'. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, everybody, as we said, we are talking about The Winter King by C.L. Wilson. This is book numero uno of The Weather Mages of Mistral and Abby, Fantasy Romance. Uh, Shani, tell us a little bit about the narrator of this 24-hour book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the narrator, Heather Wilds, she did a great job. She had really great pacing. Um, she did everybody's voices really well. I personally did not like Winter's accent. She mm. did it perfectly fine. It just was like an accent I didn't care for. Mm. Um, so it a little was bit it sort of, of Nordic? Because that's what I think yeah. she would have chose. Yes, it was kind of Nordic and but it just didn't it didn't give me the good tingles. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. was it just it was a little weird for me. But it's not that wasn't her fault. It was just because I didn't prefer that. Okay. Um I I like her as a narrator. I would follow her down her rabbit hole and see what else she's narrated. Nice. Um 
I will say that the cover art of this book felt very old timey to me. Uh-huh. Like, like it was from like maybe the nineties or something. And I also feel like the cover art felt more like cheap and, or, or maybe cheap is a bad word. Felt more, um, no, cheap was accurate. Like rudimentary, <laughs> rudimentary or something like basic w- versus like yeah. the book, which I thought the book had a lot of complexity in the world building and stuff like that. But I felt like looking at the cover, I would not expect as much sort of intricacy of the plot as we got. This this book cover reminded me of the 1970s. <laughs> those old school style, yes. which I I honestly think that's what she was going for. I think she was like, I want one of those old school 1970s yeah, like retro covers. But the thing about it is like it would have been cooler if it looked aged, like if it had a kind of a retro feel to mm-hmm. it, but it's like well colored and that sort of right. thing. So it just looks cheesy to me. Like yeah, honestly, the cover and then like he's cheesy. Blonde and cheesy is the word I was looking for. It looks you know? cheesy. But yeah. It looks, it does look, it looks very cheesy. And it's funny because in the book, they describe her as dark skin. And I was like, where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when? Where? <Yeah>. How? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's supposed to be very brown. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I disregarded any sort of race. I assumed that she was white. But, like, at some point, they definitely said that. And I was like, what do they mean? Is that like that when people say, like, Greek and olive skin? Or maybe that's what they were talking about? I don't think so. Because they said it numerous times that their kingdom was, like, the summer kingdom. And they were, all the people were darker skinned. Yeah, I feel like they said brown skin. Yeah, I was assuming that they were minimally, like... I don't know. Arabic in brownness or darker. Yeah, like yes. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but on the cover, cover I was like, like a white that lady. doesn't. She yeah, was. I was like that doesn't look accurate to what the book says. So I just yeah. also he's supposed to be. I, I just in general think like it's slightly dangerous when you have a cover like that where they're standing side by side. Because in the book, he's supposed to be, like, massive. Like, he's supposed to be, like, a huge Viking sort of idea of a man. Like, I think they describe him as being, like, almost seven feet tall with huge broad shoulders. And he's, like, the biggest and the baddest. Yeah. And this guy just looks like, you know, he's an armor. (laughs) But he looks (laughs) like a normal heighted man. Um, If he's, like, seven feet tall, she's, like, six foot five. You know, like. Yes, exactly. And like my brain could have done without the image so much because I like what I yeah. built in my head was so much better. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really look at the cover because I read it on Kindle. So I didn't look at the cover until after when I was doing my notes, thankfully. Um, all right, let me give you guys the quick synops and Synopsis. then we will talk about this book. So after three long years of war, Winter, the king of his kingdom, whose name I forget right now because I didn't write it down. The Northern Kingdom <laughs> will have his vengeance on Summerlea's king by taking one of the man's beautiful beloved daughters as his bride. But though peace is finally at hand, Winter's battle with the Ice Heart, the dread power he embraced to avenge his brother's death, rages on. Camzin, Princess of Summerlea and Summoner of Storms, has spent her life exiled to the shadows of her father's palace, reviled by her father for supposedly killing the mother. Marriage to Winter Craig's icy king. There it is, Winter Craig. Uh, was supposed to be a terrible punishment, but instead offers Cam her first taste of freedom and overwhelming passion. Um, 
As fierce, indomitable winter weathers Camzen's wildest storms, surprising her with a tenderness she never expected, Cam wants more than winter's passion. She yearns for his love. But the power of the ice heart is growing. Dangerous forces are gathering, and a devastating betrayal puts Camzen and winter to the ultimate test. Dun, dun, dun. What are your guys' like first impressions? Like I this is a long book, so I don't think we'll go through every single plot point because it is long. But let's start with your, Jane. Like, like I'll start with you, Jane. What's your like <laughs> okay. overall sort of first overall first impression of the book? Okay. I will say of all the books that we've read, I was the most interested in the plot of this one and like the most engaged in it. Um, I didn't have to like force myself to keep reading, which <laughs> I had to do in the past. <laughs> <laughs> with mixed results. Um, I liked Kamzin a lot. I think she's my favorite heroine that at least I've read so far on this podcast. And what I really liked about her the most is that I feel like every heroine, their trait is like being stubborn. Every like animated movie character girl is like, she's stubborn, like her father. Like that's every single heroine. So I liked that in this, not only was it like a trait, but like you saw it over and over again like, throughout the book, like, whenever she came up against any new person, like, that stubbornness would come out, and it wasn't always a bad thing. Like, she didn't have to learn to not be stubborn. It was, like, Mm -hmm. that, like, was kind of a strength for her. Winter is, like, whatever. Like, he's there. Uh, It was fine. (laughs) Um, But I'll tell you, the real star of the book, you might not have known, was Lady Galatia, who owns my heart and my soul, and I'm in love with her. I'm obsessed with her. She's perfect. She spends the entire book insulting every single man in her presence, and she's beautiful, and she's a high priestess. So she, and so I she's the high her. priestess of the worm. god, yes, the god of their of worm of their kingdom. Lacy, Lady Galatia. And she's childhood friends with Winter, and so she like doesn't take any shit from him, and like calls him down all the time. Yeah, and, and also like, put his hand also in the fire. A very very important person. Mm-hmm, and is willing mm-hmm. to like kill him if the ice heart has taken him, even though she has loved him her whole life. And they're, you know, at yeah. one time we're best friends and maybe going to be married. I, I like a dynamic like that. What is she? The priestess of worm? Mm-hmm. Worm? Worm. Like worm with a Y. Worm. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Because I, I just heard them say it and I was like, I don't quite know how to spell that. But um, I like that a lot about her. Um, I like that there's that moment where like they recognize that they liked each other, but that could never be there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens in the story where there's another roman- romantic interest, which I enjoy. Like, I, I enjoy knowing that a couple, they're not dead just because they're going to fall in love with somebody else in that story. Um, so I like that moment of kind of acknowledging that. First of all, this book was long as fuck. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> it did not need to be 25 hours at all. They could have cut, she could have cut this book in half and had a very dynamic story. But instead, I got what felt like a fan fiction and then, and then, and then, and then. And I was like, what? Like, what's happening? Why, why are there all these and thens? So, like, overall, this book for me was hard to get. Like, I found myself angry at so many points at this book, like, where, like, I wanted to just shake the book. Like, if I had the book in my hand, I probably would have thrown it. I've done that in the past <laughs> where I get frustrated with the book and I just throw it and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the overall feeling of this book for me. Like, I did not feel like it needed to be as long as it did. Camzin was... Uh, I liked how she started the story a lot. Like she 
was really plucky. I like that she let like her dad beat the shit out of her, and she was like, "No, I'm gonna stand up and get married. I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna get out of here." Um, but halfway through the book for me, she lost what I felt like made her Kamsin. And uh, and then when she she was like crying all the time, like 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 the pl- like the stubborn or the plucky or the whatever, to kind of dissipated. And uh, uh, who was the lady? The lady Rika. Well, yeah. I think the reason she was crying was because she was pregnant. Um, no, she yeah. was yeah because she started <laughs> crying and she started getting sick all the time. She started having all those mood swings. Mm. And but she didn't know she was pregnant. And then that lady poisoned her. And she lost the baby. So I think that those were all supposed to be clues that she like was pregnant. That she was pregnant, wow. and she didn't know. Well, the thing about the pregnancy, because so I thought I book- thought so too. But then when you find out that she miscarried, you're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. I just felt like everything was predictable. Everything that happened mm. in this book, I saw coming ten thousand sure. miles away, and and that made it sad. That was sad for me, like you know. And then they had uh, Rika, who was like the evil you know, one-dimensional mm-hmm. nemesis. Mm-hmm. And and then she decides that Rika's the good person to go off to in the woods alone. I know. I like mm-hmm. her the whole book, star off. I was like, I would have thrown the book. I would have thrown the book so hard. Anyway, we should go back. We should go back to the top. <laughs> so Winter had a fiancé at one point, and Kamsin's brother goes there um, under the veil of peace talks, but really he's there to steal a book that leads to a fabled um, magical sword. sword. And he not only steals the book, but he also steals the fiance and kills Winter's brother and heir as he's Who's like 15. fleeing, who was 15. Yeah. And so this is what starts the war that, that the war is over by the time the, the, the book starts, like you come in three years later, but that's what starts the war. So, this lady Rika that Shani is talking about is the sister of that fiance and has known him her whole life and been in love with him her whole life, even though he like doesn't see it. And Camson clocks her on day one and is like, nah, bitch, I'm gonna stake my claim. Like, this is my man. I and mean she that night they're fucking and she's like, I will not share you. <laughs> the best po- the best moment in the book for me with Camden was when uh, Rika comes to visit her and she's just finished yeah. like fucking winter and yeah. she's like, let let her come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she, and she's just like, I'm not gonna change. She's got hickeys all over. She smells hickeys like sex. Hickeys smelling like sex. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? She like, bubbles, she a- boils the water in the tea glass and I was like, yeah, that's right, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. So that moment, I would say the book up until that moment was like five stars for me. And then there was like, I don't know, at least a quarter of the book in the middle, maybe even a third in the middle, where things just happen too slowly. So, like, we got too much detail about the fact that... So he has this Ice King inside of him, which is... So basically what happened is he goes into the magical, um, like, the high priest discards this well, and he drinks the essence of this Ice King and to get his power so that he can defeat the other, you know, um, kingdom. But it also, every time he uses the power, it like freezes his heart and he loses his humanity until there will be nothing left. And the priestess says when she meets Kamsin, like a a lesser man already would have been consumed. And when she sees Winter, the high priestess like throws his hand in this blue fire, this magic fire, and he gets burned. And she's like right behind him about to thrust a spear into his back. Cause if he didn't get burned, she was going to kill him. Yeah. She's a badass. Um, And 
So anyway, so he comes back. So he's so he has like uh, two things which I think are sort of warring in him. One is like the betrayal of his former fiance, and then the other is his fear that the Ice King will take over. And so he spends like the middle third of the book like avoiding her basically because he's worried that she's some sort of sorceress because he can't really trust his own emotions because of the betrayal and the Ice Queen or the Ice King. And I think that that's fine. But to your point, Johnny, like I think it could have happened in a hundred fewer pages because that middle section of the book, like nothing really happens aside from that she's lonely and like he's avoiding her and all the like ladies are shunning her because she seems to be out of favor because he never does anything with her. Like I would say until she meets her little friend, then the book starts to pick back up because then they start to like go on adventures. They start to go to the towns. Like you see them explore Winter Craig, which is fun. You see them like escape the Garm, like the evil sort of wolf dogs of yeah. the Ice King. Um, and that's like when the plot starts to pick up. But that middle third where they're like worried about the Summerlia, they're worried about her brother having been spotted with this other kingdom of sea lords, like, and they're not interacting as a couple for me is like where the book slowed and where the romance slowed. And then it picked back up in the last quarter. Yeah. So like, I feel like in any book you have the beginning and that middle to establish the relationship. Right. So in the very beginning, mm-hmm. they're meeting. It's very, you know, it could be whatever, but in the middle you, I need to connect them as a couple. And right. so I feel like in the very precious pages where they should have been together or experiencing together or getting to know each other. They were separate. Mm-hmm. And, right. and it was really weird to me, the whole thing where, um, after she had the miscarriage or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he, the priest, the priestess told her, told him he had to stay away for like six weeks. Right. So he stayed away for six weeks, but then he could go back to her and he stayed away for two more weeks. And that's, yeah. that for me is the, is the equivalent of, you know, when somebody leaves, like, we always yeah. hate when someone yeah, yeah, leaves yeah. the person. Yeah. Like, that was, for sure. that for me was that. Like, I, for me, I did not connect with Winter in this book. He was a pussy-ass bitch, and you know I don't like pavs. Like, that's that's all he was for me it's in weird. this story. It's weird because <laughs> once he got back to Winter Craig, he was a pussy-ass bitch. Before that, he was a badass. That's cool. Because, like, he found out the dad beat her, and he went back in, and he's like, I got this. Like, hold on a <laughs> sec. And he, like, freezes the dad's entire arm. And so he can no longer use the arm that beat her. And he's like, touch her again. And what's mine? And I'll come back and I'll kill everyone in your kingdom. And I was like, okay. And then he finds out she's dying and he's like, halts the whole army and like gets her, you know, back to health. It and seems also, like. And then they got back to Winter Craig and it's like. He, everything changed as soon as yeah, they arrived. Like yeah, it became. And, it, uh, and then he eventually like, like basically the priestess is like, you're an idiot. Like she needs you to pay attention to her. Like she's your wife. You have to talk to her and have sex with her. Like, duh. <laughs> and, and then after that, like their relationship starts to actually like start again. But I think it took too much time literally on the page. Not like if they had just said three weeks have passed, I would have been like, whatever, it's been a paragraph. So I'm fine with that. But it was like three weeks and 150 pages. So it felt really like a, big gap of like he didn't even know what she was like she was going off with her little buddy and he was like her new little squire best friend which i like loved i thought that was so fun even the journey though to get to winter craig to get there was 
long to me. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of it pages it took to get to his plate, I was like, I didn't need that many pages. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the things in the beginning, actually, like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but like, it's like one of those things where like, it sits weird in my spirit, right? So, <laughs> so they have to get married, which I I love, a, right. I love that trope, right? And then they have to consummate the the thing, yeah. you know. And I I I guess I would have loved for them to have consummated it without the aphrodisiac, right? Mm-hmm. Because the with king, the aphrodisiac, the evil king doses them un- unknowingly with an aphrodisiac. Yeah. So now they're both, you know. And Winter says, "Well, he, I got dosed, so I'm gonna make yeah. sure I do my business," you know. Yeah. And she's all feeling like uh, squirmy, wormy, and whatever. So they end up, you know, having a good time doing it. But for some reason, the fact that they added that aphrodisiac made the, like, a consent Mm -hmm. thing really weird for me. Mm -hmm. And I want, but, like, a lot of times I don't care about the consent. But in this case, it just made it, I don't know. That's why I said I don't know the word for it. It's just in my body goes, that's interesting. I mean, I, I do I do agree with you. I almost wish that there wasn't the aphrodisiac because they already had that sort of like lightning connection. Um, yeah. And so then I was like, are they connecting or is it also, the aphrodisiac? Yeah. I mean, also, though, it like I think it led to the discovery because like had they not done that, he wouldn't have been out of his mind and he would have noticed that her back was completely fucked by the beating she took and almost dying. And he, you know what I mean? Like there was no way for that to be avoided on the wedding night without the aphrodisiac. And she would have been in too much pain to go through. She would have been in so much pain to go through with anything. Cause in the morning she escapes, her sisters come to get her and they escape. Yeah. And to, to tend this, cause her dad literally beat her like within an inch of her life and even though she has like miraculous like weather made healing powers, she still is like barely able to stand during the ceremony. And when he wakes up in the morning, he looks at the sheets and it's not just covered with like, oh, she was a virgin. There's a little some blood on there. It's like covered in blood. And he's worried that in the the midst of this aphrodisiac, he like attacked her and raped her and hurt her. And so he yeah. goes in search of her. So I I think it worked. I don't I also don't think like there was no consent because she even says to her maid and to her sisters, like, I've agreed to this. This is my only chance to get away from him before my dad kills me. And so he, yeah. I will be the one to stand up and say yes. And I will be the one to consummate because this is what I have to do. So like she had already gone in knowing full well, because she even says when they get in the bedroom, he's like, I'm sorry, I can't stop. And she's like, I, I didn't know he was going to do it. Like I should have suspected. And then she's like, please, I need you. Like, so like she definitely was. Let's go. Yeah, well, she was definitely like, let's go because <laughs> yeah. the aphrodisiac, but she also well, was in full knowledge, like, I'm a wife and I have to consummate before we leave this castle. So she knew what was down. Yeah, I mean, I know that she knew it. I'm just saying it. that's why there's not a right word for what I'm mm. describing. It just, there's just something about it. Where I'm just I like, mean, her dad's an asshole. Her dad's the worst. Yeah. I mean, that's the straight up <laughs> truth. Her dad is a terrible human being. Blames well, her for the also, mom's like, death, even though she was like super young. I didn't like the dad either as as a character, like uh, as a driving thing, right? Because again, it, he felt very one dimensionally bad guy, like, and he was so, and it was so extreme. And I'm not saying that there's not parents that are very ex- extreme. I'm the scapegoat of my family, so like I understand that that can be a thing, but it like th- there wasn't much to him to me that that like. 
He was just like, oh, we need a bad guy who treats her terribly. He's, I mean, he's so not. That- yeah. He's not really in the book that much, though. I mean, he's only in the first couple of chapters and then she's on the way and he's yeah. sort of in her mind in the background, I guess, a little bit. But like, he's not really in the plot anymore. The brother yeah, is, but who she like idolized as a child. And then he comes back at the end, which I actually thought was great when when he comes back and he's like, yeah, and I saved you and you can help me. And she's like, no, nah, bitch, this is my kingdom. That's my husband. <laughs> Put her back the fuck off and give me back my magic sword I found. And he's like, you would never harm me. And she's like, ah, I will kill you where you stand. You better back <laughs> she off. Said, those, day, those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> those days when I idolized you, I was obviously clouded. You're a weak fool. And if you help me fight yeah. this battle, I will, you know, barter my husband for you to survive in exile. Um, you know, I also like those sea me- lords. I was like intrigued by book two because I was like, the sea, lords- sea- the sea lord got swagger. I was like, oh, he got charm, sister. Yeah, it, it made me actually want to read the second book, even though I didn't like this first book. Yeah. Everything was like the picture was there in this book, right? So like all the ingredients for mm-hmm. it to be a good book were there. And but they just it just didn't it make it work good for you. soup. It didn't work for me. But like uh so uh, another question, just a general question, and either one of you can answer this. Like, so the dad sends the maid Bella with uh with Cam to uh dose her. So that she doesn't get pregnant or that she has a miscarriage, right? So she's been like poisoning the salve when they're when they're um traveling. That's why Cam was so sick. Mm-hmm. Um and I I don't know the full reasoning behind this. Like, because the I'm I know they're like, okay, the dad wanted her dead, but having her gone out of the kingdom served a really great purpose having her stay alive so that he doesn't have to give his beloved daughters away makes much more sense to me than him trying to like have her be killed like that the logic behind that didn't quite hit for me yeah he hated her a little too much i feel like if there had been an element of his of like oh he's a mad king maybe that would have worked but that wasn't a thing either he just specifically hated her well they did have a moment where he finds she had gone into the room to rescue her mom's journals and stuff. And he finds them in her pockets. And she says something like she could see like the devastation and how much he loved the mom while he was like holding her stuff. But I don't disagree with your logic, Shani. And he would definitely have had to give another daughter, but maybe he just hated her that much that he wanted her to die, but wasn't willing to curse his own line by killing her and didn't want her children to become the queens of his kingdom and, and kings of his kingdom. Because I liked what Winter said. Let's see. I wrote it down. So this is right as he's like burning his arm with like freezing his arm. And he says, if ever again, you consider deceiving me or harming anyone under my care. Remember today, Winter advised in a voice of pure ice and consider this also i will now do everything in my power to ensure that camson's child the child of the daughter you loathe will be the next ruler to sit on the summer throne and i was like "Ooh, winter you tell him so i don't disagree <laughs> but i just thing. i also wish like to your point like uh, again like i think the first whatever quarter third of the book was incredibly strong like the way they met the first time her on the balcony summoning the storms and her anger that he's there and him challenging her in the skies, like with his magic, like him meeting her when he thinks she's a maid and she's steal. he thinks she's stealing, but she's trying to get her mom's stuff yeah. back. And like, they're like, 
there or whatever. I wasn't mad at that. I wasn't mad All at that the stuff love was at so good. Night. I just think it I think the middle was long and I think Yeah. Um Honestly, I, I liked the book up until they got I to didn't like his that place. the ending. I didn't like that his uh confrontation with the Ice King came so late in the book. Because it comes like re I mean, really fucking late. Like I would say in the last five percent, ten percent of the book. He yeah. yeah. Um, so he has like frozen over. The high priestess has put him in sort of like a, a stasis to try and preserve any humanity until Camson wakes up after they have fought these evil sort of ice dogs and they both survive by like the skin of their teeth. And the high priestess sends Camson into the well to retrieve her ancestor's sword in the hopes that she can help defeat the army that her brother has brought and that she can hold, hold everyone off until hopefully he comes out of his sort of coma and can fight off the ice King or, um, you know, the high priestess is going to have to kill him and she's the queen and she's going to have to lead the army in his stead. So like all that stuff I was like down for. And, but what I wasn't down for was that he see, he wakes up cause she basically unthaws him enough to wake up and she goes off and her brother kidnaps her and then she gets free and, and gets the sword back and he sees her then- marching with the brother and he immediately assumes that she's betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And that is what, like, allows him to sort of freeze completely over. But I think it happened too late. And I think he needed to, like, go see a therapist and work through his issues earlier (laughs) about the betrayal of the first fiancé. Because it was – because when – so they originally wanted him to get a wife and have a baby because they thought when he saw the baby and had an heir, it would thaw his heart and allow him to, like, repel the Ice King forever. And obviously it's his love of Camzen that does it, but it's really him letting go of his bitterness and his worry that she'll betray him. That is the thing that thaws his heart, not his love for her. Or it is this love for her allows him to let go of it. Maybe, I don't know. But like, I thought that should happen way too late. I thought that should have been something that happened at like 80%. And then they spend the last 20% of the book using their magic together to defeat the army and like wielding their stuff together um, but I did like that she saves the day and I did like that she's like negotiating with the sea Lord and is like, I'll give you 5,000 pelts and I'll give you, you know, whatever, 20 ships worth of lumber. If you help us right now. And he's like, no, nah, I want one of your sisters to, you know, <laughs> I want like, I want like unbreakable ties of family. And she's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. That's fine. Let's do it. Like we need to defeat these people. Um, so I did like that she saved the day, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to go into a full rating because full disclosure, you guys have to get my kids. But um, I would say overall for me, the book is like a strong three. Like I liked it. I'm intrigued about where it's going. I thought the writing style was good. I just thought it could have been a little tighter, which would have helped me. Like if they had connected the first quarter of the book and the last quarter of the book better or maybe the first third and the last third a little bit better than I think. And obviously like, obviously the maid was evil. Like that was so stupid. Um, <laughs> did the maid even, did the maid get rid of the letter? Did the maid yeah, get rid of, of the letter? Yeah, of course she did. Yeah, she burned okay, it. Okay, because they never talked about it. So yeah, I assumed that had she to be the maid. got rid of it. Um, 
But yeah, so that's what I would say. What did, what did you guys say would your rating be? Uh, well, my rating for uh, her and him uh, were both twos. Oh, dang. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I was being generous. Um, honestly, she started the book off strong, so that's why she gets to keep one point. I feel like the book took a real big tank for me, and I never connected back um, with either of them. The fact that Rika stayed at the castle, like, once she saw that, that, that she was angling for her dude, I would have sent her to the nearest kingdom and she would not have been at my castle no more. And the fact that she was just constantly there was weird for me. And the fact that all your ladies' maids are talking about you, not not um, like uh, interacting with you and stuff, and you let them exist in your home. Like I'm like, nah, that that That's, that would have to change. Okay. Yeah. For him, uh, for him, I gave him a two because I just felt like he was a pussy man. Not in a good way. He was a pussy-ass bitch. I felt like at the end, him doubting her at the end killed any little bit of love I had for him as a character. I was like, really, we're doing this again? And I didn't appreciate the author for bringing that hap- having that happen at the end of the book. Um, as far as a McDreamy to McSteamy, I said he's a McStop being a pab, a McWomp, a McWhy does she even love you? I don't understand. Um, <laughs> and I didn't feel like the book, I felt like the book, the sex was all right, but I didn't feel like it was like, anything super like steamy to like write home about i gave uh her a four and him a three in the book a three what about you jane i gave uh she gets she gets 3.5 uh we don't do point fives, jane pick a solid number but jane is here and jane does (laughs) corrections commit jane commit jane lives her life in fractions a number (laughs) Uh, okay i'll do four because i'm being generous and also because i liked uh lady galatia and they were friends so fine winter was a two and also i will say for the record i am really tired of these long white-haired men that I need some variation. All every guy, almost every guy that we've talked about has had long, flowing white hair, and I don't like it. <laughs> Who else had flowing white hair? Like Why? all the aliens. I, no, they all. all the they, aliens. Yeah, she's right. Oh. She's right. Plus, all the books that we read off the podcast, they all. It, it's like a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel. You. I just don't I like you. long hair, so I'm like, yeah. Fine. Now, Bridget, I defiantly read- imagine him with short hair. Yes. He was black. He had black hair to me in my yeah, brain. I was like, you, "You're Italian, motherfucker." <laughs> well, I just, I actually was. I guess I assumed he. I guess I imagined him with white hair, not long though, but white, just because he's got like the ice, you know. So he's. Yeah. I imagined yeah. his well, skin almost bluish because he's literally like freezing from the inside out. So that's kind of how I imagined him. Yeah, but even on the cover, he's like blonde, and I was like, I wish I had given him white hair on the cover. Like he, yeah, he looks like he has a frosted tip situation. He just looked like Brad (laughs) on the cover. I said, I said, he looks like Brad. This Mm. is this that cover doesn't look like the Winter King. It looks like Brad, and that was that was hard for me. Um, uh, anyway, Bridget, I know you got a sexy quote over there. Hit it, hit it. Um, do I have a sexy one? Let me say. If you don't have a sexy quote, you're I'm gonna think you're broken. <laughs> no, I don't actually. I had this was my one of my favorite quotes was when she like finally sort of embraces her queenhood. Um, and she's talking to Valak, who is his uh second in command. And Cam lifted her head, find her, Valak, bring her here. She took a deep breath and squared her shoulders. That's not a request, that is a command from your queen. And I was like, Good for you, girl. You go tell him you're his queen. Tell him to shut the fuck up or get the fuck out. Get my shit. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, my favorite quote was, uh, Kamsin had no intention of letting any man, husband, king, or the sun god himself stake her out on a glacier and leave her to die. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, keep that energy yes. throughout the book. Yes. 
<laughs> All right, you guys. Well, this one was not quite the hit that we were hoping to start off fantasy with. But I do say that I am intrigued by the sea lords. So if I have some time off from paint- painting, dear patrons, I will uh, do a quick read of book two and let you know if I like it any better than I like book one. But I'm excited to dip into uh, next week's episode and continue with Grace Draven because you already liked one of her books. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I did. Yay. It's going to be good. All right, y'all. That was that was a good book. So until next time. May your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.